Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Every business has an origin story, the moment where it all clicked and made sense. Most of the time, it's kind of the stuff of myth and legend. Successful businesses rarely fall from the sky and bonk you on the head, unless Sir Isaac Newton had it in his head to bottle gravity and sell it. And for most entrepreneurs, getting from the idea to success is more about force of will than innovation, especially if you work in a niche industry. For my guest, Brent Broussard, inspiration came from therapy. Brent took an interest in his therapist's beaded bracelet, and his therapist suggested making bracelets might help Brent work on his patients. So Brent got to work, and in 2021, Beads by Brentley was born. Brent's bracelets are made with earthy beads like uh, obsidian, lava, turquoise, and tiger ice. And right now, his company is mostly e-commerce end-to-end. He sources the beads online and sells them through Facebook and Shopify, with some inventory sold at Lone Wolf Gatherings in Lafayette. Brent also operates a nonprofit called Acadiana Vanguard Youth Initiative. The program helps young people on Lafayette's north side develop financial literacy skills as well as life coaching and business coaching. And both the nonprofit and Beads by Brent Lee are housed under Brent's company, Broussard Enterprise Group. Brent grew up on the north side and spent years in sales before moving into entrepreneurship. Brent Broussard, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. So politics is Louisiana's favorite sport, the saying goes, but it's not necessarily a big industry. The landscape for political communications and strategy is relatively narrow and mostly limited to policymakers in Baton Rouge. And breaking into that business from outside the capital is not an easy thing to do. You've got to ride a wave of victory to get somewhere in politics, and that can be hard with small-time candidates and causes which often don't have big budgets or name recognition. My guest, Ozzy Yazdi Kaufman, is a political strategist and created the Blue Jay Strategic Consulting Group, a firm she launched in 2023. Ozzy's worked around communication and marketing for years, but moved officially into political strategy while working to change a piece of legislation uh, that would have prevented some foreign nationals from owning property in Louisiana. Ozzy's the daughter of an immigrant. She brought that perspective to her lobbying work. Ozzy was born in Houston and has lived in Lafayette for about 10 years. Ozzy Yazdi Kaufman, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. So, Brent, I want to kind of start with the life coaching, business coaching part of your work life, because this is always a fascinating proposition to me because at some level, whenever you're you're going to be a coach or an expert for hire, for profit or otherwise, your expertise, right, is the thing that you're selling. And so if you've got a new yeah. business, at some level, you got to convince somebody that you know what you're doing. So, right. so how do you do that when you're starting from scratch? Um, it's basically doing my own marketing on social media and just letting people know, hey, this is what I'm starting. I'm, you know, I just finished two certifications. Yep. So it's just to let people know what's out there, what I'm trying to do, and really kind of putting myself out there to let people know, hey, if you need help with your business or if you just want to talk life in general, come talk to me. We'll, you know, we'll figure things out and we'll go from there. So, so there are certifications for this kind of thing. Is that yes. to, to be a business coach and a life coach? Or, I mean, what, what's the certification? Um, that it, you have to well, do? it was two separate certifications that I just recently did. Yeah. Both of them were on the Transform, uh, Transformation Academy's website. Yeah. Um, I believe it's udemy.com that I went to. Mm -hmm. It was actually suggested to me by one of my mentors to do the life, the life coaching first. And then, you know, as I finished that, that's when 
I looked into the business coaching as well and said, well, that's another way for me to, for me to bring income mm-hmm. to the Bruce Art Enterprise Group. So let me go ahead and do that as well. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of wanted to ask a similar question. I mean, getting into political consulting, right? It's kind of like a track record written business, right? And so if you're kind of new at it, you've worked in communications, but it's different to say, I've got an idea for your political strategy and I'm going to advise you on how to get your cause advanced or your candidacy advanced. I mean, how do you convince people, right? You know, your first campaign or whatever that is like, hey, I'm the person that can take you to the other side of an electoral victory. That's a really good question. Um, The political consulting side of it is just one aspect of Blue Jay strategy, Um, it's really three-pronged. So one side of it is just campaign consulting, Mm -hmm. strategizing, not necessarily being a campaign manager, but just the strategy, the communication strategy, the messaging, um, the the demographics, you know, that aspect of it. The second part, though, is working uh, with lawmakers on legislation, whether it's um, elected officials on a local or state or federal level. And the third part of that is the civic literacy side of it. So I'm building out a nonprofit for the civic literacy and education advocacy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I chose this um, model, if you will, is because I, through my work in communications and working in nonprofits and working in government, uh, I noticed that there is a, um, a lack of understanding, a lack of messaging. Sure. You know, you, you talked about my work on... Uh, several bills Mm -hmm. that had to do with um, foreign nationals. Uh, And what I learned through that process was something that I've been doing for years that, you know, the advocacy and the, you know, um, awareness. Mm -hmm. What I found though was that there is a need for both on the lawmaker side to know how to communicate to constituents and committee members Mm -hmm. when they're you know, sitting and testifying in committee on their bills. but also how to help uh, the everyday voter or the citizen right. know how to go to those meetings and talk and advocate for amendments to bills and you know um, the unintended consequences of it. Yeah. And I've been doing it for years, but I recently realized that this is something that just needs to expand more. And so I turned it into this business, but it's something that I have been doing for many years. Uh, so, so I so still, I already have those relationships and those connections with Sure. So, so I guess that, 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 okay, so you kind of got ahead of what the question I would ask. And it's sort of like, if you work on this specific bill, yeah. I'm imagining like if I, if there was a bill I cared about and I might knock on a legislator's door and be like, Hey, there's this bill going through and you need to worry about it. And, and here's why. And that person might say, well, who are you? And why should I trust your judgment on it? Right. So like, I guess I wanted to get a better sense of how you, you know, from the business side of this, how you break into that, because at some level you're knocking on a door and you're saying, trust me in my judgment right so how do you broker that relationship um some of it is just you know your standard cold calling principles of marketing right um it's sending uh emails it's working relationships it's Mm -hmm. learning who knows who Mm -hmm. you know that you might know somebody who has a close relationship with senator so-and-so or representative so-and-so and so uh, a lot of it is networking that way and building that relationship and saying, hey, you know, this is who I am. Yeah. Um, I have some concerns or I have some questions about this bill. You know, have you considered this aspect of it? Uh, so you you take the skills of like relationship and sales marketing and you put it into comm strategy and then you add that networking element of it mm-hmm. and you start to build relationships that way with yeah. these elected officials. So, I mean... Brent, I mean, I'm kind of curious that, like, you, you know, you, you kind of bring an expertise to bear. You get 
certified, but there are other people who sort of offer these kinds of services. And obviously when you're doing that, you're doing it through nonprofit, right? But, but right. at some level, you still kind of have to market yourself and what you do. I mean, do you have to find ways to distinguish your style of coaching or to distinguish what specific, you know, issues you're good at helping them work through? I mean, yeah, how do you kind is, of distinguish you know, yourself? It's definitely trying to find not just what my style is, but really just looking outside of the box of what everybody else is doing in the coaching spaces. Yeah. So for me, you know, I've, you know, really been watching guys like Eric Thomas and Jeremy Anderson and really kind of taking some of what they do to implement it to my own style. Okay. Who are these guys? I don't know who um, they are. Yeah. Eric Thomas is a very well-known motivational speaker. Sure. I've been not just a fan, but I've also read several of his books uh, within the last five years. And he's really somebody that, you know, I kind of look, look at as maybe being a mentor, you know, once I really get into that public speaking space and, you know, somebody that I can maybe lean on in, in the future. Yeah. I mean, so have you looked at motivational speaking as like another way of expanding what you're doing yeah. here? That, that's another thing that I've been looking at as well. Because, um, you know, I have kind of been doing some speaking engagements, you know, with Corey Jack and some of the things that he's you know, allow me to do. So I'm looking at it like, well, you know, if I'm going to be a coach, I might as well add the motivational speaking as well to bring in some more income, not just for myself, but for the business. Mm -hmm. So I see mean, something I've always found sort of interesting about the prospect about getting into the business side of politics, you will. And I, and I hear you when you're saying you, you've got kind of a, a comprehensive suite of services that you're trying to offer. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you encounter consultants who are kind of known for being part of some specific political stripe, right? So I mean, like, do you find that you have to work for hire, like you're going to help people with regardless of what the cause is, or, or are you trying to come into this and say, you know, I mean, I've got a specific agenda, I guess is the term people would use, right? And, and I need to be a part of something that aligns with my values and aligns with what I want to do or the way I want to see the world. I love that question, Christian. Um, I would say the the culture and the the, the mission of Blue Jay strategy and you know this um, this opportunity that I've I've opened up for myself and the community is based around the principles of living in a democratic society. Um, that's what drives it all. Yeah. So whether it's you know whichever on whatever party affiliation, but if you believe in the principles of democracy and you believe in the Constitution and you believe in um, the the values that we hold and, and the privileges that we have, that's that's that aligns with my my um, business integrity and and my mission. So, you know, seeing what it's like in other countries yeah. really motivates what I decide to do here um, and through the business. I mean, you know, I think people often hear. You know, political consulting and they think of tricks, dirty tricks, right? Yeah. They think, I think the first yeah. thing a person would go to their mind is like negative campaign ads or, you know, the tactics, right? I mean, what do you say to people when you say like, look, this is what I'm doing and, and I am really committed to democratic principles. And it's like, well, you know, political consultants, though, they're, they're the reason why our politics is so toxic and difficult. I mean, what do you say when folks say that? It doesn't always have to be that way. Um, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. Sure. You know, there's there's dozens of consultants out there, you know, strategic consultants, communications consultants, political consultants, um, you know, and it's always, it's all about finding the right fit 
-hmm. which is why you know campaign consulting and um, candidate consulting isn't the only primary focus. You know, it's finding that person that I have a, uh, I have alignment with. Um, so yeah, that exists. That exists everywhere, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, that even exists in the comms world, you know? There's a lot of communication strategists and marketing companies. That, yep. that, that's, I mean, you know, there's a reason why you have, like, Fruit Loops on the middle shelf versus on, you know, a higher shelf. Um, yeah. You're behavioral you know, economics a little bit there, yeah. Right, yeah. so, yeah. Um, you know, going back to your question, it um, it exists, it's, it's the nature of the beast, but it doesn't mean that um, everyone has to operate that way. You're listening to Out to Lunch. Talking to Brent Broussard, owner of Beads by Brentley and Broussard Enterprise Group, and political and communication strategist Ozzy Yazdi Khan. Our conversation continues after this very short break. Support for Out to Lunch at Katiana comes from Adata Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947. New Orleans ice cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to political and communication strategist Ozzy Yazdi Kaufman and Brent Broussard, who owns Beads by Brentley and the Broussard Enterprise Group. Brent. You kind of operate in a world, feels like there's lots of folks that bill themselves as motivational speakers, right? So some people might kind of look at that and say like, oh, another one of these guys, right? I mean, how do you kind of approach that? I don't know that people are quite as cynical about motivation speakers they might be about politics in general, but uh, I mean, I would imagine you may face a similar kind of, I don't want to say resistance, but tension. I mean, uh, do, do you feel like you have to say like, hey, no, this is real. It has value in it. And I'm, you know, I'm doing something that uh, is beneficial for people. Uh, I guess for me, I've been somewhat of a motivational speaker pretty much most of my adult life, just you know, about things that I'm posting on Facebook. And a lot of people have told me, hey, you know, some of the stuff that you post, like, it it really helps me think about what I'm going through or, you know, just things that somebody in my family might be going through. Sure. And it just kind of resonated with me to the point where I said, somewhere along the line, i got to figure figure out what I'm going to do and how I'm going to utilize this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so so when, when you're looking for an opportunity to kind of, like, actually market that, service i mean what kind of opportunities would you be looking for i mean is it like business events i mean where, where you know if i'm like what circuit do i get on if i want to go into motivational uh, speaking, as a matter of fact i have uh, well i'm going to be a vendor at a men's health symposium at the end of the month that's given by the family tree mm -hmm. um so that's one way that i'm going to be marketing myself and really you know letting those people that come what, you know, what I'm looking to do with the life coaching business. Yeah. So, I mean, a sort of brass tacks question for you, Azim, it's like, do do like if you're doing any kind of lobbying work, do you have to get registered? I feel like you have to do that at the federal level. Do you have to do that to do it in Baton Rouge? Yeah. So I'm not a lobbyist. Okay. At all. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of thought maybe you thought that because I heard that mentioned yeah, a little well, bit earlier. Yeah, well, when you say like, talking about like no. work on legislation, I tend to think lobbying. And, yeah. And you, Feel free to educate me on the distinction. No, so I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not a registered lobbyist. Um, you know, that, that adage of you're the CEO of your own life, right? You're the CEO of your own household. Uh, I believe that everybody is technically a lobbyist, if, if you really sure. think about it. Yeah. Uh, we're always advocating and lobbying. Uh, I do partner with lobbyists. I work with lobbyists. I work, um, you know, as a matter of fact, with the bills that we talked about earlier, uh, I worked with lobbyists on that. Okay. Um, so I work with lobbyists. I'm not a registered lobbyist. Okay. Um, Can I ask a really dumb question then? <laughs> like, so if you're working on that bill and you're working with a lobbyist, 
Like, I mean, I'm just saying from the perspective of a layman, right? Like, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between sort of being like in the room talking about the bill and like the person who's the registered lobbyist in the room talking in the bill? I mean, help us kind so, of understand what, what, what the difference yeah, is. Yeah, so the lobbyist, um, and this is a fun question for me, actually. Good. The, the lobbyists work in the interest of the industry and the people that pay them. Okay. Okay. So in this particular case with this bill, I had to get clever. Okay. Uh, which is one of the reasons why Blue Jay is Blue Jay strategy. Okay. Because uh, the Blue Jay it has communications and uh, loyalty and that cleverness, right? Sure. Um, I had to get clever because time was of essence. We had three bills, a Senate bill and two House bills, pretty much the same thing. Preventing people from certain countries from renting or leasing, um, buying property in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And that um, the, those bills, uh, the unintended con consequences of those bills that I don't think that the lawmakers really considered was that it would impact uh, revenue in the state when it comes to oil and gas, mm -hmm. um, higher education, workforce, business, small business. It had all of these unintended consequences that would create a domino effect and would impact our economy. Mm -hmm. As an advocate, as just a you know regular citizen, um, there's only so so much that I can do. You know, I can I can write emails and say, hey, on page two, line 17, can you please change this language to put it in posture or this is what would happen. But it takes a, a collaborative effort. And so working with lobbyists and saying, OK, you know, working with a Halliburton or Baker Hughes, um, working with higher ed, um, you know, experts and, and presidents of universities and, and board members and, and directors of, you know, um, that bill would have impacted UL engineering program, you know, things like that. And so communication is the part of it that um, was the most important. That's what drove it is the collaboration part of it. So, yes, you're right. You know, lobbyists have their own interests and they do their own thing. Um, but when you have multiple voices working together for the same common goal, um, that's that's the important piece of that. Yeah. Um, there's no easy way to segue to, to beads, um, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> So, because I, mean, I, I do, I, I do want to talk about <laughs> your, your, your bead company, right? Because you've got some beautiful beads here in front of us, there, Brent. I mean, so but I love this story, right? That you're kind of like, this becomes a thing that you seem to have done because it was therapeutic, and then you find, hey, this is a pretty good business yeah. idea, right? I mean, talk yeah. us a little bit through that that journey. I mean, and, and one thing I wanted to clarify from just understanding the story, like, was it this specific kind of bead that that you encountered, or was it just sort of like, hey, he's got a bracelet? bracelets are neat I can but, make those well yeah um the, what it was I was in the therapy session with my therapist and we were talking about patients that particular day um because I have this tendency to be very impatient especially if I'm upset about something I sure like Human just nature. like anybody yeah so you know as we're talking I'm looking at them because you know my therapist is is from Nigeria mm -hmm. so he he would always wear these different beads every session and it just caught my eye, and I'm like, hey, uh, what's these beads you're wearing? And he was like, yeah, oh, these are Thai guys. These are real good for power and luck and prosperity. And the light bulb kind of went off in my head. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's, I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. But then he was like, well, you know what, since we're talking about patients, I have an assignment for you to do for the next session. What you mean, Doc? <laughs> what are we talking about? So, you know, he came up with this challenge for me to figure out how to make my own bracelet. And I'm like, okay, I've never done that. I'm not like a real crafty type of person. But if you're going to put a challenge in front of me, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. So I, left, you know, left the session, went to Hobby Lobby, started 
like buying all the strings, scissors, and found like all these different wood beads first. So I said, let me try it with the wood beads just to really figure out how I'm gonna make these bracelets. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to Abu Dhabi a week later and started buying, I think maybe four strings of tiger eye beads. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, went next door to Michael's and found everything else. And I'm like, oh wait, okay. Let me look what some of the stuff means. And I went back home that night, started making like the first three. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see why he told me to do this. Mm-hmm. Went back to the next session. We talked about it. And he was like, so how do you really feel after making these bracelets? And I was like, I feel great. I feel like I accomplished something. It definitely helped ease some of my stress. I'm a little more patient because now if I mess up, I can just start over. I don't have to you know, really yell at myself or be like, oh, to hell with this, I'm done. <laughs> and slowly over time, I started wearing them and started making them for other people. And then it slowly manifested into a business. So if you're doing it originally to relieve stress, I mean, I don't think a lot of people would be like, let's start a business and start selling these. I mean, it seems like this sort of invite. I mean, has that kind of pushed back against the therapeutic quality of what you're well, doing well at all? no because because on one hand it, you know once i really started looking at the meaning behind some of these beads and well really they're actually made from yeah. natural gemstones and when i looked at the meaning like i know a lot of people that have issues with anxiety depression and you know a multitude of other health mental health things mm-hmm. so i was like i can use this as an educational piece but it still is going to be somewhat of a business anyway, so I can educate people and still kind of use it as a side hustle in a sense. Yeah, I mean, Ozzy, it's, I think it's fair to say you, you, you've moved into a profession that would invite stress, invite controversy. I think you've been at centers of controversy before. I mean, <laughs> d- does that strike you as a difficult way to make a living? I mean, I mean, some people might hear that and say, like, man, I— you know, I barely like to look on social media. I much less like want to just kind of be in the thick of it, right? Probably, Christian, all those um, prepared me for this. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, my it's funny, you were talking about stress, um, and uh, my husband says I'm a tea kettle, you know, with that, that uh, with the lid on, you know, so it boils, yeah. then it whistles, and then it just calms down. You turn, you, you take that lid off. Um, so I have my moments, but I have, you know, I, I'm a very transparent person when it comes to emotions. I, I can be, mm-hmm. you know, diplomatic. I can, I can have the poker face. Yeah. Um, is it stressful? Yeah. Uh, is the stress fun though? Yes. Okay. It's, it's a thrill. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm a 24 seven kind of person. Yeah. Um, it's constantly on my mind. Uh, not to go back to that example of this law, um, because it's not the only one I've worked on sure. over the years, but that was one of those things where it was 24-7. I worked, I had to go outside of the state actually at some point and get national partners. Um, I'm part of a coalition, so, you know, get them involved and, and um, you know, constantly communicating. But I would have to say that uh, the end goal is what drives me mm-hmm. to continue doing it every day. And knowing that it's benefiting the community and benefiting society, um, and knowing what's at stake if somebody isn't doing it, it helps. Hmm. I mean, Brent, as you've kind of moved into 
ratcheting this up, right? Like to where you're you're making enough to see. I mean, is it still just you in there making beads? Yeah, it's me doing pretty much everything that I do now. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much a one man army running the bead business, doing the coaching, re, doing the research for that, right? And on the nonprofit side as well. So I mean, like I mean, Ozzy described herself as a 24 hour person. I mean, if you're in entrepreneurship, right? I mean, it kind of like it's, you don't turn off. I mean, do you feel like you're just in constant hustle mode, or are you able to find? I was going to say space to make beads to relax. I mean, whatever you're going to do well, to relax. I mean, yeah. Most of the time when I, when I do make the bracelets and even the necklaces that I make, it's normally late at night or, you know, 7, 8 o'clock, whatever. Just, you know, winding down my day a little bit before I jump into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's, what's interesting, right, is at some level, like, I think, you, you know, you've got a story to tell with what you're doing. I mean, Ozzy, like, that's kind of like the world of communications is helping other people sort of tell their stories. I mean, it, are, are you feeling like as you've kind of think about your prior career, right, in marketing comes that this is sort of a natural fit there? I mean, you said earlier that this is you kind of feel like you've always been doing this, but it is a different thing to like, even if you kind of agree with somebody's specific uh, you know, issues or agenda, like you, you kind of have to learn and own and speak their story. Is that um, something that you find easy to do? Yes, very. Uh, I, I don't go into any situation judging. I get to know the person, I get to know their values, and then I look at it, um, I kind of break it down in my head. So um, I'll give you a, an example. Um, there are people in office and different levels uh, that have a public persona, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know at the end of the day, those people are there to work for us. My approach, because of the advocacy that I do, so I help, I help other people. Um, those people rely on lawmakers. So I've had to train myself to take every engagement, every interaction um, without emotion mm-hmm. and really get to know that person, understand the why so that I can create an opportunity to explain what an average person's why is and what is going on for them. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, um, you know, somebody about to be deported and an immigrant, um, you know, they're on the plane and it's like two hours, you know, try getting them off the plane, the, you know, right before it's about to take off. Um, because of something that went on with their visa or somebody incarcerated that has a mental health issue um, that's being uh, abused on a target and could be killed in, you know, in, in that facility and having them move to another facility, um, whether uh, veterans affairs, um, health care, <clears throat> diabetes medication, you know, whatever it is, the reality is that the lawmakers, um, they, they, who, they are who they are, right? They have their beliefs. What I like to do is understand why they have those beliefs. Why did you vote for this, for example? You know, um, why do you why do you say this? Um, because let me tell you a story, you know. And and then I share the story of the person that's reached out to me and said, "Hey, Ozzy, can you help me with this?" And that's allowed me to get to know these lawmakers better, to understand why they do what they do, which I feel is missing sometimes. Mm. When whether it's social media or um, you know. Uh, listening sessions, meeting greets, whatever it is, and, and our just everyday dialogues, we don't really take the time to pause and listen to understand the why uh, behind it. Hmm. I don't know if that kind of helps you, but... Um, 
Sure. I mean, I think, well, I mean, it's some level, right? I mean, not to make this all about business, but theoretically, this is a business show, right? I mean, it, finding somebody's why is how successful exactly. entrepreneurs figure their way around, right? It's good salesmanship. Uh, it's a good way of understanding a value proposition. I, I've got a thing. You want this thing because I know what your why is. Uh, and at the end of the day, that comes down to storytelling. And, and I appreciate both of you spending a little time sharing your story with me. Oh, yeah. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you guys so much, Ozzy and Brent. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been political and communication strategist Ozzy Yazdi Kaufman and Brent Broussard of Broussard Enterprise Group and Beads by Brentley. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slide here on Caribbean. You can hear our unedited conversation. Find out more about Ozzy and Brent by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and at KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Associate producer is Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. And I'm Christian Mader, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you here next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.